You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we talk about guns and ammo. So basically what we do is we kind of run through the different legal firearms and calibers that you can use to deer hunt in Ohio. Now, this isn't by any means an exhaustive list, right? Because there's basically any caliber that falls into the legal range. It's straight-walled, you know. But we talk about the common ones, the most popular ones, what they're good for, you know, what we've seen as far as their performance, because everything's got pros and cons, right? So that's what we talk about today. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. They are an Ohio deer feed company, and they've got everything you need for feeding deer. They've got their signature feed, which is their Monster Whitetail Grub feed. It's it's like a, a texturized feed. It's got mineral mixed in. It's a good feed. We've had really good success with it. And I really like the fact that it has mineral mixed in because once the physical feed is gone, the deer will continue to come back and check that spot for the mineral. If you want just straight mineral, I know a lot of guys like to run mineral this time of year. They've got that as well. So if you're interested in that, check out ohiohuntsman.com sponsors and there will be a link to, or that takes you to our website. And at that URL, There's a link to get in touch with them and order some of their stuff. So that's the best way to get in touch with them. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Uh. All right. So for what? What? What is this? The third time or something here, Jeff? We're trying to record yeah. this episode. Yeah, I think oh, this we, is attempt we, number three. Yeah, we uh, we tried to record yesterday with Jacob, Jeff, and I, and. Uh, you know, we got started. We were having some audio issues. We uh, we disconnected, reconnected to try to get clean audio because I know how annoying it can be to to listen to audio that's got you know some kind of weird you know echo or or tick. We were having a a, a tick show up in the audio, and uh, we got back on the call. You know, we're what was it? Twenty minutes into the into the second call and uh i realized i never hit record again so at that point it was you know the evening had gotten away from us and so here we are again minus jacob because he's got to work today so what we're gonna attempt to cover today is the different um i guess your different choices for Deer legal deer hunting calibers, firearms, that kind of thing. Talk about the pros and cons of each. Just kind of have a conversation of you know what we've seen, what we've used, and you know uh, let you guys listen in on that. Basically, what, what we're what we're thinking is you know just a conversation like we would have if we were sitting around at the cabin or something, just talking about the different different rounds and. Uh, what we like about them, what we don't. <clears throat> but before that, I guess uh, Jeff, you and you and the wife are doing good in the uh, with the stay-at-home order. You're not actually staying at home, yeah. now, right? 
no, no, I'm not actually staying at home. And I actually had an interesting experience today. Uh, me and my boss were leaving work. And my boss had already gotten into his car and pulled out. And when he's pulling out one end of the parking lot, in the other side of the parking lot came a car. And uh, this car pulls up next to me in the parking lot. And, you know, kind of rolls down their window and asks, oh, hey, you know, you work in the day, you know, where do you work? What do you do? And then I come to find out it's the health department is who's who this guy is. And he was basically, yeah, he was basically just kind of doing the rounds, kind of seeing what the people who were working, like what they were doing. But yeah, he just okay. basically asked me, you know, as I work in the day, what, you know, what do I do? Uh, do I have any concerns or questions for him, you know, about the cleanliness of my work environment? Uh, and then he went on his merry way. You know, he only talked to me for maybe 30 seconds, but he stopped by and said hi. Huh. So. That is interesting. Guess, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty shocking i i don't know if someone called on us and said like hey there's you know there's people working in this building and right. i don't think they should be or what but yeah he just basically i mean it was a 30 second conversation and he went on his way huh but that's uh because i read on the on the what is it coronavirus.ohio.gov or something that uh you don't need you know with the stay-at-home order you don't need like a permission slip or something the police aren't going to be stopping people they had you know they've got like a frequently asked questions thing in there but uh it it didn't say anything about the uh the health department but like you said maybe somebody called and said hey you might want to check this out yeah yeah i i know there's i mean according to the news at least there's a lot of people calling on businesses saying hey i don't think this business should be open you know, can you go check it out? So yeah. someone might have called on us. Huh. All right. Well, and <clears throat> when we talked to Jacob last night, his him and his family are doing well. Um, you know, they're both both of their careers are are considered essential. So they are both working as well. Amanda and I are working remotely our businesses are still open but we're all working remotely so we've been working from home and (laughs) making that work and trying to keep ella occupied because she's here with us while we're trying to work during the day and so it's been a bit of an adjustment but you know all in all going well you know can't really complain we're still getting paid and everything so that's all good yeah so i guess uh With that, we'll get into the topic today. So I think, uh, you know, we've, you and I, Jacob, Dad, you know, we've all used a handful of different rounds and um, different firearms. Yeah, I enjoy trying to use, you know, a different gun, different round, you know, shooting deer with a 12 gauge or a 4570 can kind of get old sometimes. You know, the, the, the yeah. challenge has kind of gone away. <laughs> <clears throat> well, in the, I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, meat loss with both of those rounds, right? I mean, if, yeah, if you. Yes, absolutely. You know, so there's some definite downfalls. Like I would say those two are probably the most, you know, a 12 gauge slug and a, and a 4570 are probably your most common deer hunting rounds in Ohio at this point, would you say? Yeah, uh, I think in the whitetail summary, it you know they have a little section on this, and I think the most common uh, deer hunting gun is is a shotgun still, and then it's you know followed right behind by the forty five seventy. Okay. So twelve. I mean, they 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 don't say what gauge is, so that would be twelve twenty the odd ball gauges 410 you know yeah. is all lumped into one but 
Well, and that's the one that's the one beauty of a shotgun is just by its nature. There's a lot of options or variability just because it's a shotgun, right? It's a a, a, right. a, a 4570 is a rifle. It shoots 4570 ammo, and you've got a handful of choices for, you know, what you what you want for a, a hunting round, right? With a shotgun, you've got just your plain lead rifled slugs. You've got the Sabo rounds. You've got some of these hybrids that can be shot out of a smoothbore or a rifled barrel. And so, you know, they're still very appealing for that reason, I think. And mm-hmm. I would say because, you know, it, well, I'm, I, I was going to say ammo is cheap, but it very, <laughs> it very much depends on what ammo you're shooting. Those those Sabo rounds are are quite expensive. Some of those, right? Was it the the? Uh, and I think they've come down there, but for a while, those Remington Premier uh, Copper Solids or something. Top, yeah, yeah. I think those what things. really got those was the price of copper skyrocketed. Okay. And it it you know it was the price of copper was raising the price on those cuz I know when the price of copper skyrocketed there people were buying that ammo to pull the bullets out because it was Oh really? It was worth it. You know, the price of copper had gone up so much that it was worth it to take you know, take those, buy those shells, cut the bullet out, and sell the copper for scrap. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, they, yeah, I those... think that was the the reason for that. Yeah, for, for people that don't know, those are a Sabo round, so they're meant to be shot out of a rifled barrel, and they, instead of a, like a copper-plated lead bullet, they're, they're a solid copper bullet. And so it's a, you know, it's a pretty hefty hunk of lead. And yeah, those things at one point were 20 bucks for a box of five. You know, it was, it was pretty wild there for a while. I mentioned that because when dad switched over to, you know, from just the plain lead rifled slugs to the, those Sabo rounds, I think he went with those uh, Remington copper solids and because at first they weren't bad i mean they were more expensive right. of course than the than the regular lead slugs but they yeah, uh I, they weren't bad i don't remember what they were but the price wasn't exorbitant like they like they got up to be and that's yeah, when dad switched were, yeah i think you were only paying a couple extra bucks per box you know compared to the lead rifled slugs you know, at the time, you know, you were paying, you know, maybe seven, eight bucks for the box instead of paying, you know, just under five, maybe for a box of five. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't too much of a hit on the wallet for the improved accuracy and such. Yeah. So I still shoot a shotgun I've got a, a some number of years ago. So I started with a 20 gauge smooth bore. Then I went to a 12 gauge smooth bore. And then some number of years ago, I bought a rifle barrel and, uh, I've been shooting those Sabo rounds ever since. And, you know, I, I like them. I've had good luck with them. The, the one benefit or another benefit, I guess, of, 12 or 20 gauge, you know, is, is ammo availability, you know, regardless of cost, you can pretty much walk into any Walmart sporting goods store, you know, wherever, and you're going to find a box of, of 12 gauge slugs. And, you know, there's pretty high odds. You're going to find at least some form of uh, 12 gauge Sabo rounds. Um, you know, they might not have the specific ones that you, shoot but if you shoot a common you know i think those hornady sst's are pretty common you can you know i I see those a lot of places um i'm shooting the what are they the federal trophy copper i think right now and uh you know i don't no complaints (laughs) so but then do you know what year it was when they 
when they legalize the straight walled cartridges or or thereabouts. I wish I I wish I knew that. That's something I should probably commit to memory. Yeah, uh, I I and this is just a guess. I think it was somewhere around 2010. I think it was around that time. Okay. And I know for a while there, you know, the, the definitions that they were using floated around of how they were defining what was legal and what wasn't. Um, but, you know, that was the, the time frame when they legalized the straight walled cartridges in Ohio. And... So that opened up a lot of different firearm choices and different caliber choices, of course. And uh, basically, we, uh, the way I always kind of think about it is you've got sort of like your pistol caliber straight walled stuff, you know, like your 357 mag, your 44 mag. Then you've got more um, like what would you call them just like rifle specific straight walled stuff is that how yeah you would... yeah i would say rounds you know like the 44 magnum and the 357 um were designed more or less as handgun rounds where you know your 450 bushmaster uh your 444 marlin you know were designed as rifle rounds right yeah. So <clears throat> the appeal the appeal of those pistol caliber rounds is if you've already got a 357 or you've already got a 44 mag, you've already got ammo and you know, instead of buying instead of adding another caliber because I know that's, you know, as you start to build guns in your collection, right? You start to you start to get caliber creep if you will right where you've got Mm. every gun you own shoots a different ammunition and you know keeping ammo for them all is is a bit of a headache so if you've already got one of those 357 revolvers or a 44 mag revolver or something you know you can dual purpose the ammunition for that the thing that and i've not i've not hunted with a 44 mag jeff you i have. have yeah yeah but what I was going to say is you got to be a little bit careful with the ammunition, your ammunition selection in that and make sure you're buying something that is designed to be shot out of a rifle, not from a safety standpoint, but from a, from a performance standpoint, right? If it's a, if it's something that is a, I, you know, I don't know, let's say a self-defense round or something that's, you know, the testing, the ballistic testing, the bullet performance was done out of a six inch barrel revolver or a three inch barreled revolver, you know, the velocities out of a rifle are going to be very different. And therefore the, yeah. the bullet performance is going to be different. Yeah. And so you just got substantially gotta... faster. The velocities, yeah. I mean, depending on the round, but a lot of times they're substantially faster. So those, the bullets that are designed, you know, optimal speed is, you know, let's just say a thousand foot per second. If you're, pushing that up to, you know, 1,300 feet per second, that bullet may not perform as expected. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, there are plenty of, of ammunition choices out there that are, you know, like your, your I always get the, that, what is it, the, the Levolution or the Lever Evolution yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, Hornady, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is, <laughs> it's a hunting rifle. It's meant to, you know, they've done the testing out of rifle velocities, and it's meant to perform. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be the only caveat, I guess, that the really nice thing about those is, and Jeff, you can attest to this, is low recoil on a, you know, a, a, a round that was, is tame enough to be shot out of a pistol is pretty pleasant to shoot out of a rifle, you know? It, so if right. you've got somebody that's recoil yeah. sensitive. Yeah. I, I, uh, my 12 year old niece had never really shot before, um, other than some 22s. 
And I started practicing with her in the summer. And by the fall, she was completely confident shooting a 44 mag, you know, and she she had no no fears of the gun, which, I, you know, I started hunting with a 12 gauge and I I can tell you probably at 12 years old, I was very afraid of the recoil still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, very good for someone recoil sensitive or uh, noise sensitive. You know, my wife is, she's not so much recoil sensitive as a loud gun scares her. I so she's more noise sensitive and it's good for that too. It's far quieter than a 12 gauge, 20 gauge. It's, it's a pretty quiet round. Yeah. That's I ha- I hadn't shot one, but that's a good that's a good thing to point out because that yeah some of these these uh you know you you put a a muzzle brake on a twelve gauge to tame the recoil, but then it it man that thing barks holy smokes mm-hmm. that's like the four fifty Bushmasters right that Ruger yeah. came out with those, those uh what the American Ranch rifle or whatever and they put that that big muzzle brake on it to tame the the four fifty recoil. Yeah. But man, does that thing bark. Yeah. Very, very loud. Yeah. So, so then, you know, there's other pistol caliber stuff that that's out there, but you know, the 357 and the 44 mag are the the two very most popular in in that sort of category. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the main drawback of, those guns is uh you really gotta be cautious about shot placement um you you gotta get a pretty good shot um it's not like putting a 12 gauge hole through a deer um you you gotta be cautious about your shot placement um and because they're such a small bullet compared to a 12 gauge um if you're used to following 12 gauge blood trails, tracking a deer shot with a uh, 44 Magnum or a 357 can can be a little bit more challenging. Um, so it, if you're going to be hunting somewhere where you either need to knock the deer down quickly so it doesn't get across the property line that you don't have permission on or somewhere where the deer can get it in the real thick cover. Um, you know, they might not be the option for you and, you know, unless you shoot them in the shoulder. Cause you know, that, I mean, that'll obviously stop them from running anywhere, but right. you know, that's kind of the downside of, of those rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, then you would, you step up into these rifle specific straight walled rounds and, uh, you've got a lot of options there too. I, I, I would say the, the, most common rounds you've got the 450 bushmaster we talked you know the the 4570 is is by far probably the most popular straight walled uh, as at least according to the data that the odnr has it's a that round's been around for ever right i mean they use 4570s to to shoot buffaloes back in the you know back in the uh uh what am i the early 1900s, whatever, when they were when they were wiping out all the buffalo. Right, right. Um, so that you know that round's been around for a long, long time, which gives it a lot of benefits, right? If, if you're into reloading, there's tons of reloading data for the 4570. You can, you know, I, I've there's a guy I work with that that really likes the 4570, and uh, you know he talks about he reloads and. You know, just the, I guess the the flexibility you have in in reloading. You can tame it way down and. Right, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, is you can you can make you can tame it way down, or you can make some really hot loads out of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you you, uh, like Dad talks. You know, you can kill a dinosaur with that gun. You know, because they use a forty five seventy in one of the Jurassic Park movies. And uh, yeah. Jeff, you you pointed out to us that uh, 
Marlin actually lists on their website. Is that for all their 4570s or just the one? It's just the one, I think. I'm not sure which. It's like the stainless version. Yeah, it was yeah, a stain, it, the stainless yeah. with the like the the black laminate stock and and the longer Picatinny rail on the top. And yeah, Jeff sent us a uh, a screenshot of of Marlin's website, and they've got the like the little silhouette images of the the different type of game that it's good for, you know. And they had like deer, elk moose whatever moose bear at very, yeah at the very <laughs> at the very end they had t-rex so i thought that was cool but yeah so i guess to say you can load those things pretty hot and uh kill a dinosaur with them or you can tame them way down and and basically have a, a plinking round you know i mean this guy talks about and I'm not a reloader, so, you know, this is just hearsay, um, you know, but he talks about, you know, just a, a couple grains of powder in there and, um, you know, even using wax bullets and stuff, but basically loading it down low enough to where in good light, you can basically see the bullet go down, go down range, basically, like they're moving that slow, Um that may be some advanced reloading. I don't know. I'm not a reloader. So <laughs> attempt that at your own risk, I guess, or, you know, at your own yeah. peril. Um, yeah, slowing them down that much could be pretty dangerous. You know, yeah. you get a squib load and it gets caught in your barrel. That could, yeah. that could be yeah. bad news. Right. So, but yeah, 4570, there's, you know, since that, since that round has come back sort of into popularity as, as more and more states have legalized it for deer hunting, there's been more and more ammunition, like factory ammunition options there. Um, I think you could, well, I don't know. I don't want to say that you could always buy, find ammo for 4570 because I don't know, but I know now you can, you know, ammunition is, is pretty common. Yeah. You've got choices. Yeah. One downfall. Go ahead, Jeff. What were you going to say? There's a wide variety of ammunition available. I mean, you can go, uh, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, hard cast lead to, you know, copper solids. Right. Yeah. And what I, what I was going to say is the the one, uh, downfall because it is, you know, a, a big enough round to, you know, in, in reality, you know, shoot a bear, shoot a moose, you know, it, it's big enough for that. It can be overpowered for a whitetail. Um, you know, we've seen some pretty heavy meat loss from, from some of the rounds out there. And I mean, you get, you get a fair bit of meat loss with a 12 gauge too. I mean, that's a big hunk of lead, but, uh, if that's something that you're concerned about, you know, losing a bunch of meat to, you know, it just getting all bloodshot and, and torn apart might be something to keep in mind, I guess, if you're if you're looking at getting a 4570 or, you know, if you have a 4570 and, and you're experiencing that, you know, you might want to try some different ammunition selections that, that maybe aren't as hot. Yeah. I mean, what would you say, Jason? What do you think we've seen? Like that blood, you know, the hydrostatic shock you know, blood shotting, you know, extending maybe 16 inches from the entry wound. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's really doing some damage. I mean, we've seen, we've seen deer shot, you know, hard quartering and you basically lose the front shoulder. You know, we've seen <clears throat> the front shoulder basically just be hamburger. And I mean, what I mean by that is not that you're, you're grinding it up, but it's just like bloodshot jelly, you know, and losing a fair, but fair bit of (laughs) the opposite hindquarter. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is I've shot one quartering hard towards me, shot it through the front shoulder and that bullet exited through its ham and uh, that hind corner was, I mean, almost all a waste. 
You know, that's a yeah. lot of meat to lose. Yeah. So, because you hunt with a forty-five seventy, right, Jeff? Are you shooting reloads or are you shooting factory ammo? Uh, a little bit of both, depending on the year. You know, I sight in for one or the other. Uh, okay. Right now, I just happen to have fallen into a, a lot of uh, the Levolution, the Hornady Levolution. Um, it's not necessarily my favorite round, but. I have a lot of it to shoot up, so that's what I've been using. Yeah. So not necessarily a um, glowing recommendation, shoot this, but it's an option yeah. out there. That Yeah, it's an option out there. I mean, uh, with a forty-five seventy, I think you can basically shoot anything, and it's going to do some serious damage to a deer. Right. So I don't, I don't think... I mean, it, it, it shoots accurately, so that's all I can really ask for with a forty-five seventy round, you know. I mean, yeah. as long as it's shooting accurately, it's going to do its job. Yeah. I want to pause here briefly to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. Mastin's is a premium scent company with non-premium prices. So the pricing on this stuff is really good. That's one of my favorite things about Mastin's is, is their pricing is really good. And they've got a wide variety of products. So they've got just your standard liquid scents, of course. But they've also got scented gel crystals. They've got scented candles. They have their double scent stacker, which allows you to basically layer scents. You use a liquid scent with a scented candle, like a deer scented candle. And it allows you to layer scents. So a lot of kind of unique and different scent products and it's good scent so if you're interested in something like that check out mastinsdeersense.com or you can just go again to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors that's that's you know i keep saying that because that's the place to go to find out information about our sponsors so either of those urls will take you to their website and you can order products see what they have to offer and check out those prices that I like like I said that I really really like so with that let's get back into the episode so then if you had to guess what would you say is the second most popular straight <laughs> straight walled rifle round I would say it's definitely the uh, 450 Bushmaster is the second yeah. most popular right now and that's what I was going to say yeah yeah and Ballistically, the 450 Bushmaster and the 4570 <coughs> are pretty close, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, fairly comparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think basically the main difference is because they're both that like 40 caliber bullet, right? Like they're in that right. that size. Um, the 40 <laughs> the 4570 is a rimmed cartridge, which has some implications on the type of rifle it can be shot out of that's primarily a single shot or a lever gun something with a, a tube magazine versus like a you know a detachable box magazine or stacked magazine mm -hmm. um, whereas the 450 bushmaster is a that was developed to be run in the ar platform and so it's a rimless cartridge and works well in you know, like an AR, you can get an AR chambered in 450 Bushmaster and, uh, you know, uses a, a detachable box magazine like an AR-15 and you're, you know, you're, you're on your way, I guess. Yeah. So if you have a preference one way or the other of the type of firearm you want, it may limit your ammunition choices. That's the same thing, you know, the, the, it's still pretty new. I mean, as far as it's been around a couple of years, but as far as rounds go, the 350 legend is another rimless cartridge and, you know, is same thing <laughs> designed. I don't know if it was intended per se to be shot out of an AR platform, but it, it's basically a yeah. two, two, three case without yeah. the bottleneck on it. Yeah. I think they definitely, it was definitely something they considered in designing it was to make it so that it could be shot out of an AR platform. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it was definitely something that they, you know, made the choice to do. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one I've not shot. Um, we've heard yeah. from some of you that, you know, that have been shooting it and uh, are liking it. It's a lower powered round. I mean, it, it's it's got it's a a high velocity round, but because it's a smaller bullet, you know, you've got a, you've got less energy there. Um, yeah. So we'll see, Jeff. You just yeah. actually won a, a 350 legend at a at a gun banquet here not too long ago. So we might we yeah. might be able to speak more intelligently on that uh, after this fall, right? Yeah, yeah. I recently just won one at a gun banquet. I haven't gotten to shoot it yet because um, I've actually been having some trouble finding affordable ammunition. You know, in the fall, there, you know, I saw all kinds of deals on it where you know for under twenty dollars a box and when i looked around for it after i won the gun uh i was i couldn't find any for less than like thirty dollars a box so mm-hmm. i i'm still in the market to to buy some ammunition and with this current you know uh i don't know what you want to call it rush on ammunition um I don't think it's gonna get any easier on me in the in the near future. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It, although I don't think that's something a lot of people are hoarding, it still, you know, if I want to make an online purchase, you got to buy a lot of ammo a lot of times to make an online purchase worth it. And a lot of the gun stores are so sold out of product that they're closing their doors. Yeah so yeah i uh and that was one of the things that they sort of touted about that round was that it was gonna you know you were gonna be able to get ammunition cheap because it it uses a lot of what i'll say common components right it kind of uses uh the 223 as a parent case which 223 is super common um the bullet is in that you know nine millimeter 357 area right and so you can use common bullets common cases and you know basically you know you've got you're you're cashing in on the uh those markets of scale with 223 and nine millimeter slash 357 but uh sounds like right now at least or or you know there after gun season that that might not have been the case yeah, yeah. I I know during gun season you could get some really good good deals, you know. I I remember thinking like, "Oh wow, you know, if ammo's going to be that cheap, you know, maybe I should make the switch or at least get one to have in my arsenal, you know, have as an option." Right. And when I went to the stores looking for it, I just I couldn't find the ammo. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> that one and the 450 Bushmaster, you you can you know can be shot out of an AR platform like a semi-auto platform like that, <clears throat> or you know I I know a lot of guys shoot that uh, Ruger American Bolt Action in mm-hmm. uh, 450 Bushmaster. You know they also have that in in 350 Legend now. I think a lot of the gun manufacturers are offering a bolt action platform that shoots both those those straight walled rounds. Right. And, while it seems, I mean, there's been a big, you know, I think Winchester spent a lot of money on marketing when they when they launched that that round, and it, it seems like, you know, it's not necessarily just a a flash in the pan, if you will. Um, you know, there is still a question of how long and if that <coughs> that round will continue to be popular, and as people get a, a few more seasons under their belt with it, if, they, if they're having good luck with it. And continue to shoot it or if you know the marketing turns out to be more more hype than than reality you know there's a, yeah. a little bit of a risk would you say jeff still in yeah in there's buying there's, that rifle there's definitely some some risk in what the ammo availability is going to be i mean i i think this kind of leads us into our the next uh round which is the 444 marlin where, you know, it, it kind of filled a similar niche where people were looking for a brush gun. They 
came out with the 444 Marlin and until the states started, you know, and then it kind of dwindled away, you know, because I think they came out with it in the 60s or the 70s. And until the states started, uh, you know, the straight walled cartridge thing, that round it became pretty obscure. And the only thing that really kind of brought it back was states starting to allow straight walled cartridges for for deer hunting. So it it could go the way of the 44, the 444 Marlin, or, you know, it, it may yeah. get more popular than the 4570, you know, we don't know. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I had, I had never heard of the 444 Marlin until Ohio legalized it. And, you know, somebody pulled one out of their, <laughs> their gun safe. It's like, Oh, I can use right. this thing again. You know, it was like, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's probably, uh, you could definitely make the argument that it's the best straight walled cartridge out there. Like, I mean, that argument could be made, you know, it, it's a pretty heavy hitting flat shooting, you know, for a straight walled cartridge. It's, it's a pretty good round, but it's, it just doesn't have the popularity that the 40, the 4570 does or the the new straight walled cartridges do yeah i mean can you can you even buy a a rifle made today like could you go to the store and buy a rifle chambered in 444 marlin today i think i think they've started starting producing them again but i i think there was a period of time where they weren't producing them you know i i think marlin maybe had always produced them but, uh, you know, the other manufacturers were not making them. So, right. I mean, they, they, they became pretty obscure uh, until more and more states, you know, they're only really popular in states that have straight-walled cartridge laws. You know, Michigan, right, okay. Michigan did this before we did, and so they had a popularity in Michigan and then, you know, they were just kind of staying alive in those areas. Well, and I think, cause now that we were talking about it, I think, you know, the, the, any of the companies that make single shot rifles, I think they can tool up a, a new caliber pretty quickly. Right. I mean, it's not right, like uh, right. they need to develop an action or make sure an action that will cycle, you know, a single shot is pretty, pretty easy to come by, you know, as far as, firearm development goes and so all right i wouldn't be surprised if, if you could go to like cva or something and get one of their break action single shots in 444 marlin you know don't quote me on that but i wouldn't be surprised to find one of their you know single shot rifles chambered in that or you know some of the thompson stuff you know they do that single shot rifles mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i wouldn't be surprised my thing with any of this stuff right like 12 gauge 4570 is it just one like i want a gun because i'm i'm sort of you know on this uh you know me i like to research things until you know my eyes bleed (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh you know so it's been a couple year kind of saga i guess um deciding what if i'm gonna get a new hunting rifle and my my so here's my criteria i guess i'll say is i want something that's more fun more pleasurable to shoot than a 12 gauge right because a 12 gauge is mm-hmm. not something you're going to go out and spend an afternoon at the range with right it's you go out and you, you make sure you're sighted in good and you go hunt because it it just it just beats you up I don't enjoy shooting a 12 gauge. Maybe some of the bigger guys out there don't mind it, but I don't, (laughs) I don't enjoy uh, range time with a 12 gauge. That's what I hunt with today and it works great, but I would like something that, you know, I could spend more time with and enjoy shooting for that reason. Also, I want something that is, you know, ammunition is readily available and reasonably cheap. I want something that uh, 
because I, I really like long-term goal. I really want to get a, a suppressor on my hunting rifle. You know, you're allowed to hunt with a suppressor in Ohio. And I just, I don't know. I, for no other reason than just like, I hate having my ears ringing after I shoot at a deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not from like, you know, I think I'm going to be some kind of stealth hunter and, and the deer, you know, cause I'm still going to be shooting supersonic rounds. It's still going to be, you know, you're still going to have that crack. So just from a protecting my own hearing, um, you know, <laughs> pretty much everybody that we hunt with that's older is, and, and whether it's attributed to guns or not, they all are, you know, getting to the point where it's like, what? I, I can't hear, you know, like they're, they're just, their hearing starting to fade and I don't want that. I don't, <laughs> I don't right. man that can't hear anything. Um, yeah. So, and, but you know, and I don't want something so powerful that I'm going to lose a bunch of meat. Right. And that's one of the, the right. downfalls of a 12 gauge or a 4570 is, you know, you, you if you shoot them in the shoulder, you're going to, lose the shoulder right i mean yeah and maybe maybe with anything you know if you shoot him in the shoulder you're, you're gonna lose something right but right. those are kind of my my uh criteria i guess and so i've been researching you know is it 450 bushmaster is it 4570 but i i you know i reload and i tame them way back is it is it not, you know, then, the, then they came out with the 350 legend. So is it the 350 legend? So I, I'm still undecided, but uh, yeah. that's and where I'm at. The other thing is where I'm kind of at, where had I not won a three, a 350 legend, why I probably wouldn't have bought one is what's next. You know, who, who's going to come out with something better next year? You know, cause All I, right. I don't think the 350 legend is the end all be all, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, when it comes to deer hunting, it, maybe it's a little underpowered for distance, you know, it, it loses a lot of energy for long range shooting, which yeah. I mean, I'm not typically taking very long shots. Um, but the opportunity has, has arose and I've, you know, I've connected on some really long shots with the 4570 and I mean, had plenty enough energy, you know, I probably could have shot it twice the distance and it still would have had plenty of dis or plenty of energy to take a deer down. Yeah. Where I've been with the 350 legend. I, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been, uh, doing some research cause I'm working on, an article for the website comparing 350 legend to 450 bushmaster and so looking at like you know kinetic energy charts and velocity charts <laughs> and i've been watching some videos of some guys doing some like 100 yard testing on 350 legend rounds mm-hmm. and i mean because it is a new round you've only got a handful of of choices right you've got some federal right. rounds You've got some Winchester rounds and you Hornady may have a, a round now. I think maybe they do. Yeah. I think it's mostly federal and Winchester. Yeah. But you know, the, the one guy in particular uh, I'm thinking of, you know, he was getting some pretty, I'll say variable performance at that a hundred yard mark where, you know, bullets weren't, opening or you know um they were just acting differently at Mm -hmm. distance than they were you know at at a 20 yard shot um you know and so if you get i would say from what i'm seeing i'm thinking yes you can get on target you know it's accurate enough to shoot to 200 yards but ballistically you know i don't know that a 200 yard shot on a on a whitetail is is ethical and as soon as i say that you know everybody's gonna say oh i you know i right. have everybody telling me i shot one at 200 yards and it dropped in its tracks yeah i, I think you know, anything's possible 
but right. I'm thinking that's a that's a hundred yard and in round. Yeah. I think the the main thing that needs to happen is there still needs to be a lot of engineering done in the, the actual bullet, the actual projectile. I don't think they have that quite dialed in yet. The the engineering isn't they're not as reliable as other rounds, you know, with expansion and stuff like that because they they just haven't quite figured it out yet well that and the the reloading gets complicated because you know you can use nine millimeter or 357 bullets in that though you know a nine millimeter bullet is definitely not designed to you know perform open expand at those kinds of velocities and so Right. You know, for for shooting at the range, it's great. But as a hunting round, you know, I would want to be doing a lot of homework and a lot of because that's, you know, some of the stuff I've been seeing as well is some of these guys are reloading and, you know, getting very mixed results with reloaded rounds, not from a consistency of of velocities, but just a a consistency in ballistic gel on Mm -hmm downrange performance yeah so i would agree that you know they're they're it would be nice to see some bullets developed specifically for and uh what was that company maker was it maker bullets maker oh i i think it was maker bullets or something and and don't quote me on that but they had their like i think it's maker bullets they had a bullet of uh four 350 legend i think they're calling the t-rex or something like that it's a solid copper bullet and man this thing i mean they're they're developing this bullet to be reloaded you know they they don't well i think they do sell finished ammo but they're mainly you know their main thing is selling the components to people who are going to reload and they're developing this bullet for 350 legend and some of the the data or the i guess data is is a uh strong word that the images i've been seeing of some of this these bullets um is pretty impressive like like massive expansion you know these things are holding together at those rounds because that's the problem you run into right like a nine millimeter bullet shot at two thousand feet per second is just going to disintegrate right it's meant to function at much lower velocities than that right but so I, i would i guess long story short yes i think there is some there's still some work to be done on bullet development projectile development for 350 legend at those higher velocities because it is a a bullet you know like we talked earlier those common components right you can use a 357 bullet and even in that like there's just some stuff with reloading. There's just some stuff that needs to be because the, 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 and again, I am not a reloader, but I've done some looking into this and the, I want to say the, the allowable bullet diameter is kind of wide in order to, to capture like both that nine millimeter and three fifty seven, But then, you, you know, you run into, was the gun developed to be shot on the low, you know, with projectiles on the low side of that range, on the high side of the range? You know, it just gets right. It's weird when you get into reloading that round. It, it seems like, yeah. It's, so it's definitely interesting. It's an interesting round, and I'll be interested to see what happens with it in the future. You know, if you know more or less the engineering of it and if someone comes out with something you know similar different better worse you know it's like yeah. i i feel like someone else has got to think like oh you know we basically we should have done that or already had something in the works that they were developing you yeah. know and it was kind of an arms race you know who could get there first well now that 350 Legend, you know, Winchester came out with theirs, you know, Remington or whoever is making sure theirs is perfect before they enter the market because they 
they now have another competitor that they need to prove that they're better than, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It'll be yeah. Interesting. I mean, well, and you know, the other thing is there's, cause after the 350 legend came out, um, there was some, I heard some guys talking about a round that, uh, I didn't know about, but is basically a, I think a 357, <coughs> not a 357, a 350 legend. Um, but instead of a rimless cartridge like the 357, which, like we said earlier, can be shot out of an AR platform or, or you know, sim- similar semi automatic, you know, detachable magazine, there was the, or there is the 357 maximum, which is different than the 357 magnum my understanding is it's a it's a a hotter longer the cartridge the, the case is longer than the 357 so you can get more powder in it right um, and it's more or less a 357 or a, a 350 legend but it's a rimmed cartridge instead of the rimless cartridge and that was designed designed back in the 80s so maybe now with the the resurgence of 350 or I guess not the resurgence, the uh, development of 350 Legend. Maybe you'll see a resurgence in 357 Maximum and, you know, people offering rounds, uh, you know, ammunition and rifles in that in that caliber. Right. That could be, yeah. a, you know, a competitor to 350 Legend. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I mean, there's some other obscure rounds out there, too, that. You know, you may see the popularity of, you know, grow or maybe even see one of these companies really, you know, relaunch it. You know, whoever has the patents to it or whatever, say like, oh, well, we have this round that, you know, we developed years and years ago and it kind of we stopped producing guns in it. And maybe we should start reproducing, you know, producing one and see what happens yeah yeah so i think i mean we've uh have been talking about ammunition and, and rifles here for a while is there anything else you wanted to cover in this conversation jeff um maybe just kind of cover the uh i don't even know what to call them the ultra large caliber handgun rounds that you can get most of the time a single shot in you know the 500 smith and west wesson the what is it the 454 casul yeah um you know those all those rounds are basically good for 75 yards or less uh you know uh the the 50 ae you know i've seen people on the internet have you know single shots made of that uh or actually i think i've seen some some people hunting with ars that were in a i'm not i think it was the what is it the 50 bay bay wolf yeah and yeah those are all i i mean i've never shot any of them um but they i mean they're all pretty large heavy bullets so if you're shooting at close ranges, they'll they'll for sure do the job. So. Yeah, I, I I know very little about those other other than they exist. Um, yeah, they're definitely more specialty. You know, finding uh, factory ammunition for those is going to be a bit of a challenge, right? You're going to have to go to yeah. somebody, some place that carries you know some of that more specialty ammo to find that kind of stuff. Yeah, but most likely you're going to be reloading, really, if you're shooting yeah. those, I would assume. Cause yeah. I, I know guys in Michigan, uh, they they really like to shoot that 500 Smith & Wesson. You know, they... they or, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Uh, but they really like to shoot that, and, you know, there's a whole reloading community there. You know, you can online, you can kind of 
get all the information and you know that's just around that they they like it's a lot more popular there for deer hunting than i think it is here okay yeah i don't know i mean not that not that i know everybody that deer hunts in ohio but uh i don't know anybody that that hunts with it here yeah i i think you know just on internet groups i've seen one guy you know talk about it you know like talk about his harvest and you know i mean that's that's a big hole you're putting a really big hole through a deer with that yeah i mean it'll it'll definitely work if if that's what floats your boat then it'll work yeah all right well i think that's a good place to uh leave it hopefully this was interesting or helpful you know maybe it it gave you some insight into you know into a round that uh you hadn't heard of before or you know you weren't real familiar with and let me know should i go you know we've kind of talked about (laughs) what i'm my criteria what do you guys like um what should i go with should i go 450 should i go 350 legend should i go 4570 uh what do you like? Let yeah, me know. My, I'm going to give you my recommendation. And this okay. is probably just because I, I, I'm curious myself is I say you get in the reloading and, uh, do the, the 444 Marlin. I think that that would be a pretty good, you know, but I got to find a rifle for it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you can find them and I don't think they're, you're going to pay much of a premium over a 4570 or a or a 44 you know or a 44 magnum you know lever gun i i think you can find them so that's that's my recommendation but that's so, more selfish because i want to see what it you know <laughs> what it's like how does that fit into my my suppressed criteria though because well, it's going to be it's a rimmed cartridge it's going to be a lever action right. so yeah. i'm going to have to have the barrel threaded probably well doesn't uh didn't they just either henry or marlin come out with some some lever actions with threaded barrels well Hen- henry came out with their what they're calling their x series i don't know if they're chambered in 444 marlin i'll have to i'll have to do yeah. some homework there and see because i mean you know i'm sure the diehard hardwood uh uh, you know hardwood walnut stock guys hate the new (laughs) x series um rifles from from marlin but honestly i mean that was it sounds stupid but i don't know i just didn't want a i didn't want a lever gun i don't know why I, i just didn't a lever gun wasn't appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Well, now that they've come out with these that are, you know, a little, a little more on the tactical side, right? It was like, well, I, you know, maybe I could do a, a, a lever gun. Yeah. I, I just a lever up, gun uh, is definitely was... a little different. You know, it's, I, I don't know. It's there's definitely a different feel to it. Yeah. So I just pulled up. Uh, henry's website here real quick and their x series is of, of course they have it in 4570 but then their other options are 45 colt 357 or 44 mag and then you can also get an x series in a in a 410 shotgun mm-hmm. yeah i i think you'll just have to contact them and get one custom made <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get right on that yeah yeah you know, right. if, and if, if they're giving you trouble, just be like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll sure, deal. Uh, yeah. They'll jump. They'll jump right on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, like I said, hopefully this was helpful and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully, like I said, that was interesting or helpful to you in some fashion. And let me know, like I said in the, in the episode, 
let me know. Give give me your insight on uh, what caliber, what gun, what do you like? Given you know, given the criteria I talked about in there, what is it that uh, you know? If you were me, what would you choose? So let us know on social. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram, and shoot us a message. We, you know, we always post, uh, make a post for each new episode, so you can find that post, or you can send us a direct message, whatever you like, lots of ways to get in touch with us. So with that, I will let you all get back to your week, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.